0: All right, everybody. Hope hope y'all are having a good week out there. Uh, this is Big Beefing, and tonight uh, I'm going to be going solo. Um, we we try to do three or four of these a week, and um, usually the good boys are pretty good about um, being available to do them, uh, which is surprising. It's the only reason why it's been working is because uh, you know everybody's been available, and it, it, you know we're all doing it on our phones. We're at home. It's pretty much just us. Like we were, see here's the thing. We grew up in a time when, before the internet, before you could put something out there for people to listen to. Like you had to have a lot of money or resources or you had to know somebody. I mean, unless maybe you could get a, a, a ham radio or something like that, um, or if you knew what you were doing. But for the most part, the average person uh, could not get their voice out there. So, and, and really it, just communication was, was challenging. So basically what our situation boils down to is kind of a old-school, like, three-way phone call. I used to have back in the day it was kind of a big deal, like a party line, if you will, um, discussing, you know, subjects. Because we don't, we don't do our podcasts next to each other. We're, you know, John's at on the other side of the Metroplex, Aaron's down at Waco, um, I'm in the south side of Fort Worth. So it just kind of... You know we're just kind of all spread out um and it's difficult for us all to get together but we do have plans i know i've said this you know from the day one episode that we do have plans to do a uh, live action version and we've done me and john have actually done live action stuff before um it's just you know being consistent at it is a problem because they take a lot of time to do i mean you gotta have your camera see we only have one camera i mean legit one camera and you're not gonna get all your good can- camera angles unless you have like a good cameraman and um, you know and then they have to know when to take cues and it's just challenging Um, a lot of the professional podcasters out there they have they'll have three or four cameras set up they'll have you know a camera on each speaker then a a one camera that gets both of them Uh, and then in those situations they usually have a, a software that you can buy that will tell the camera to switch over to when somebody's speaking you know we if we if we end up doing live you know we don't have the resources to sit there and buy one of those kits and get that software so if we're doing a, a live action it's we're just gonna have a person sitting there and simulating the technology that you see on professional shows uh, which is not you know people do that I mean people you know do it the, the problem is you know you can hear you know, if we say something funny which some of you are thinking, well that'd be surprising um, mm-hmm but I think we have said some stuff that was funny I mean I've laughed a couple of times but you know if the cameraman you could hear them laugh you could hear the cameraman talking and you know we'd have to recognize who the cameraman was just so people know that somebody's it's not a machine back there it's an actual person um, so yeah we all that stuff's in the works um, anyways I said all that just to say that Aaron and John aren't, aren't joining in tonight They prior engagements Aaron's just getting off work I guess they had to work late And John's planning a family trip and uh, I think they said they're going to be down to do it tomorrow so this week will be a a rare five episode treat which um, you know for our um, few listeners out there I hope it's worth it. Uh, John made up a good point the other day he was saying well you know a lot of these podcasters the reason why they get off the ground is because they're consistent you know you get most people will do a podcast and they'll do like one or two maybe three and then they just "Eh, what's the point you know but when you have a library, I mean, you can go back to hours already at the beginning of the month, and on your way to work, you know, you could chime in and and listen to an episode, and you know, it's banter. It, it's not gonna, we're not gonna come up with any profound statements or any game-changing things. Uh, the probably the most thing that we would get closest to a groundbreaking information that you don't know is if we if we saw a movie before you did or we've seen a movie that you haven't seen or read a book, and then we review it and talk about it on the show. Um, I keep calling it show, uh, the program, I guess. It's not really, we're not really showing you anything. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. It's just my inexperience more than anything. Also, um, speaking of inexperience, I know I've said several times I was going to get an intro worked out. Uh, I do have plans for an intro. Here's the problem. It's going to be very um, over-the-top and nonsensical. And I just got to have time to set aside where I can have a clean, not bothered, I'm in a clean room, kind of like what I'm doing now, and I could just let loose and create uh, the intro. Um, and then I got to get the guys involved in it too, so I might I might have them say something and then we'll cut that into an intro to t- try to make it a little bit more professional. Um, also, I've you know I've been kicking around the idea of doing advertising. I'm, I'm an idiot. I know people that may have listened to the first episode are like, what the hell are you talking about? I didn't realize that when you anchor has in it has their own advertising system and it basically you just you have a script that you explain um the service and how easy it is to use which it is easy to use i won't i won't have a problem going off that script um if i start doing that but i also don't like interruptions i don't like you know that getting in the middle of the podcast and we really i mean truth be told we don't have the viewership uh, to be worried about uh, commercial interruptions. or are not worried because it's just not there yet. I mean, We've got to have a substantial amount more listeners. And some uh, some people that are trying to scoot, skirt by on their professional podcasts, um, they don't have, in the grand scheme of things, they don't have very many listeners. But they, you know, everyone they get counts. And uh, we're just not at the point where we have the volume where it's like, okay, I need to, I need to flip this on. Uh, but I have thought about just doing like some product advertising or something like that on the show, just on the side, something I really like, um, you know, but we'll 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 cross that bridge uh, when we get to. It. So I guess what we're going to do now is just jump into tonight's topic uh, what I, I wanted to get out there and just kind of discuss. Um, so this is going to be a straight up opinion piece, um, if the boys happen to chime in, which you know, I will not be surprised if they don't, but if they do, great. Um, and they can, they can come up with rebuttal opinions or, or have their discussion as well, or we can recant this in a previous episode. Um, I kind of just wanted to talk about my, my connection to the uh, superhero world and why that's a big part of my life. If anybody out there listening knows me, they know that I'm a big time superhero nut. I have a substantial collection of superhero action figures. Um, and uh, artwork. I used to have a huge uh, comic book collection, but as I said in the previous episode, I had to sell all those off because my house flooded. Um, so where did it all begin? Uh, you know, my earliest memories, I believe, were uh, at my grandmother's house. And I, you know, when I came into the picture, um, you know, for the first few years, it was just me. My brother didn't come along until I was four. So I got I got a couple of memories before he arrived of um, playing with He-Man action figures, and that would have been around the time He-Man was popular, uh, early '80s. And um, but also the uh, Galactic Superpowers, I think that's what it was called. It's basically it was the fun, the fun, the finale of the Super Superfriends, um, but they were going up against Darkseid and Kalibak and all that. And um, you know I just remember my grandma had the uh, Batmobile. Uh, Well, my cousin, uh, Jacob, he stayed, he lived with my grandma, and he had the uh, Batmobile action figure, and he had a little Batman and Robin to ride around in it, and uh, I just thought it was cool. It just looked cool, you know, and then you you connect that to the cartoon, and then you see the live action version with Adam West, and they all kind of look the same, and you start getting this idea of this Batman character. And then, um, and of course, Superman was there too, and the Flash, and you know, it's just it's just interesting how a little bit of exposure can just light up your imagination and give you give you, you know, so much information. Um, so growing up, it was definitely as a kid, uh, it was definitely uh, He-Man, Transformers, Thundercats, um, the, the Justice League. Uh, Spider-Man believe it or not there was an 80's Spider-Man cartoon uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends you had Spider-Man Iceman and I want to say Firestar I could be wrong on that uh, she's not somebody you really see in the comics that much these days anyways um, but it was you know it's kind of weird you got Iceman and then you got a chick with fire powers I mean it's just an interesting dynamic but I remember about that You know, Now that I'm a comic book nerd, at the time, I didn't realize that Iceman was a member of the X-Men. I didn't even know about the X-Men. But anyways, I always thought his little sliding effect was cool. He would shoot an ice ramp in front of him, and then he'd just kind of glide across that ice. Um, So it's it's just kind of neat. I think uh, Frozone in The Incredible does does something similar, if if you're not familiar with Iceman. Yeah, ha- I don't think he's really done it in the movies, the live-action movies, because they've kind of nerfed the characters in those movies because they're focused more around Wolverine and what Wolverine's up to. But if if Deadpool ever has Iceman show up, I'm pretty confident that he's going to have his full-blown power set. Um, so, anyways, so that, that that's was the core, the foundation. And then I can remember uh, my dad taking me to see Batman. Uh, in the summer of was it summer of ninety I think so it, it had been out in the theaters for a while but I remember going to see that movie and uh, I just I fell asleep I don't know what part I fell asleep but I remember I remember a couple things I remember first my neck hurting because the, the theater was packed uh, Batman was one of the first like the modern blockbuster type movie where it just people were waiting in line for days to see it um, because it was. You know, you had the past colliding with the present. And, you know, back in the 80s, Batman, if you were in the know, he had some very successful comic book stories by Frank Miller and uh, Alan Moore. So you had The Killing Joke. It was very striking, uh, very adult-oriented stories. And so to see that character translate onto the screen to where he's now, you know, the slick. You know, you kind of got the James Bond element, but you also have, I mean, he's in a Batman suit and he drives a Batmobile um that's very anti-james bond it's very flamboyant and um anyway it's just a slick well-made movie i know at the time it was met with mediocre reviews mediocre to good i mean most people liked it it wasn't negative um but i think it's 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 it held it held up i could i could sit there and watch the first batman it's still an entertaining movie um you know jack nicholson and michael keaton they just knock it out of the park supporting characters kim basinger and uh I can't remember Alfred's name. The commissioner, I think, was Pat Webb. They do a decent job. The guy, Arliss, I can't remember his name either. I just remember him from the show Arliss, the, the news reporter that was working with Vicki Vale. Um, you know, uh, 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 and, uh, actually, Harvey Dent's in that movie. Um, Lando. Uh, Lando Cal- Calrissian. It's actually uh, Harvey Dent. Um, could have eventually become 2 Faced, but they never got that far. Anyways, he... Um, so you yeah, had some supporting characters that were uh, that helped the movie along, but it really, you know, Nicholson and Keaton make the movie, uh, which is what you would expect. And then uh, you had Batman the animated series, which I've talked about. You know, on most of the episodes I've played, that that cartoon had a colossal impact on my life. I can remember. Oh, I forgot Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles was huge, too. Uh, also 89. You know, I mean, that was one of the first VHSs I can remember wanting to, you know, urging my mom to buy. And we watched it until the tape fell off. And we even I even took it up to school, and I got in trouble because there's a theme where says, you know, damn it. And all the teachers, like, kind of looked at me when he said it because I told them there was no cussing, but I'd forgotten. Um, but that was PG-13, and, you know, it's actually an interesting side note that that first Ninja Turtles was so dark that parents wrote in to the studio and complained that they didn't want their kids watching something like this. So in uh, Ninjas uh, Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Use, uh, they didn't actually use their weapon in a combat capacity. They just, um, you know, they just uh, will do other things. Like they use their environment or their weapons were used as like literal tools like to un- undo something or, or to throw something, but they didn't actually swing their sword at some guy's head which they did in the uh, original movie Uh, so ninja turtles was a huge huge impact because that was the first one where i had a movie a live action movie that was damn good i had a cartoon series uh, which again intro was damn good actual series and most cartoons back then weren't that good and then uh the action figures they had a ton of action figures and i can remember I can remember going to pre-K uh, when I was living down in, in the can. And I can remember I took a Raphael or maybe a Michelangelo. I took one of them with me to school. And I remember it got taken up because, you know, you're not supposed to have that stuff. So I had it down in my backpack and I would, whenever the teacher was busy talking, I'd lift my backpack up and I'd play with him. And of course she caught it and took it up and I couldn't get it. And uh, it wasn't like one of those things where she's taken up to the end of the day. She just took it up. And I never saw Raphael again. It was She put it on a shelf in her thing, and that was the last I saw of him. So I don't know if uh, – maybe I got him back at the end of this, the term. I don't know. But my parents – I didn't finish. My parents took me out um, before the end of the school year. So I think Raphael was probably donated to other kids. Um, and plus, I would have future ones as, as time went on. Um, but they were little cool little – you know little action figures the first wave of them were kind of generic um, probably not the best made but then as they went on they got more detailed more intricate in their designs they got a standard format they had if you look go back and look at the old school ninja turtle toys they have beautiful sculpts they just have little crazy little details like you'll see some characters that have spiders crawling across them or scorpions or you know they got an extra knife or you know extra tattoos or something like that and um, but it's not really highlighted. The paint's kind of generic. It's cheap paint. Um, hard to paint over because uh, Playmates, you know, it's just get the product out, get as much as you can. Um, highly collectible, though. Uh, if you can get even the boxes that the Ninja Turtles shipped in, it uh, could uh, fetch quite the pretty penny. And then you had, um, you know, Batman the Animated Series, which total game-changer. Um, one of the few cartoons that's American-made that will stand the test of time being a classic. Uh, You can go back to the serial uh, 50s uh, Superman cartoons, the Fleischer ones. Um, The first part of those are actually really good cartoons, uh, but they're simple. It's just one shots. It's not a continuing overarching story. It's just here's a situation that Superman has to handle. There's not really any super villains. There's some robots, some dinosaurs. Um, some some weapons I think Superman fights a meteor in one of them um, but you don't actually have a super villain you don't have a plot you know like a, a complicated issue going on um, which Batman dealt with all kinds of serious subject matter I mean mental illness, death, um, crime I mean just just a scattershot of poverty, a scattershot of topics and it was still fun I mean it was still superhero you still have Batman and Robin and they're they're running around and they're fully decked out and they got this badass car when it starts up it just you know just comes to life and it's roaring and it's not it's it's a car that looks like unlike anything it's kind of inspired by the Michael Keaton one but it's also super different but it just looks badass for, for a kid man just your mind is just blown and uh, of course he had the Batwing and motorcycles and You know, Batgirl shows up, and then uh, you get Nightwing in season four, and then Superman shows up. Just a freaking amazing series, amazing way to launch you in the superhero world. Now, after Batman hit and was so successful, well, guess who decided to come along? You know, uh, here comes Marvel. Stan Lee's like, uh, hey, guys, Uh, I got my own superheroes. So you got the Spider-Man cartoon in the 90s. And then you got the X-Men cartoon. Uh, You also had Iron Man, Fantastic Four, Incredible Hulk. Uh, They all got their own shot. Even eventually, it was in the mid-'90s, the Avengers showed up for the first time. Uh, It wasn't the good Avengers. It was actually led by Ant-Man. And I'm not talking about Scott Lang. I'm talking about Hank Pym. He led the team. It was Ant-Man, Wasp, and uh, you only saw Thor. I don't even know if you saw Thor in it. Iron Man and Captain America were guest appearances; they weren't there regularly. It was, it was Ant-Man, Wasp, Captain Falcon, Vision, Wonder Man was a show up from time to time, uh, and I think Tigra, the Tiger Chick. Uh, anyways, um, so that was all '90s, and that was my exposures. And but with the Batman universe, instead of like, except for the exception of Spider-Man and X-Men those two universes were kind of different. Like, like, Spider-Man showed up in the X-Men, and the X-Men showed up in Spider-Man, but it wasn't like a clear cut, these are the same world. And like, you would have Captain America appear in X-Men, but that Captain America wasn't the exact same Captain America that appeared in Spider-Man. Yeah, it wasn't the exact same Captain America that would appear in Fantastic Four. You know, it was always a different version. Same character, just a different version, a different, a different spin. On things, uh, and then but but Batman, it was the same Batman all the way through. So they had Batman, the animated series. Then they had Bat, they had Superman, the animated series. Then they had the new Batman and Robin Adventures. Uh, that's when the artwork shifted. I guess you could argue that the first three seasons are kind of in a separate universe because there really aren't any. There's not a whole lot of supernatural stuff going on. It's everything's real grounded. I mean, Bane has his powers, but it's scientific. You know, Ra's al Ghul is probably the closest you get to mysticalness um, with his resurrection pits. But, you know, you could say that chemicals just a substance that revitalizes people. It's been around forever. Easily explained. Um, it wasn't until season four when you got superpowers, magic, full-blown magic, Etrigan, um, you know, Creeper, Superman, of course, alien from another planet. Um, so I, could, I guess you could argue that it was separate, but it was the same voices, and... Um, you know, and Batman was, in it was, you saw the evolution from Robin to Nightwing. So I think you could also make a good argument that it was a continuation. In any case, um, from Superman and Batman, Robin on, they carry over. They were in Static Shock, then they formed the Justice League. Then you had Justice League Unlimited, which they opened it up to all the characters, and so just this wave in the 90s for me was this huge superhero knowledge. Um, now my first run-in with Shazam, which is one of my favorite superheroes. I, I alternate between him and Batman, as I said on a previous podcast. Sometimes I like one more than the other. Um, Batman's just a staple. He's just he's going to be my constant, but you know Shazam is like my number two or my my fallback, um, always there as well. Um, I'll kind of say like, well aside from Batman, it's Shazam's at the top of the heap. Uh, first memory I have of Shazam is a coloring book. No, no, no. Let me back up. My grandmother, um, who's passed away many years now, used to go to this bookstore. And in that bookstore in the back corner was a rack of comic books. Now, growing up in the country, uh, you know, comic books just weren't at the grocery store. So for her to take a trip into town, and I stay into town, it wasn't really... You know, it's down in the cans. 16 miles away at my grandma's house. And what our quote unquote version of a mall was an indoor mall. It was basically just a large department store um, with different stores inside of it. Anyways, uh, back in the back corner was a rack of comic books. And I can remember, I was probably about 10 or nine. Grandma took me back in there. And we were all, me and my brother and sister, were allowed one toy. My brother got, like, a squirt gun. My sister got this little doll. Well, I wanted a comic book. And so I picked this comic book that had, like, a crap ton of superheroes on it. I had known that Superman had passed away. And the reason why I knew Superman passed away is because my third grade teacher stopped class to announce the death of Superman. Now, since I was already a superhero nerd, I'd already seen it on the news at one point, so I knew about it. But I just remember she stopped class and passed down a newspaper. We all had to read the article. We had to write a little piece of paper explaining what we read. Um, and it was about the death of Superman and how the character was, was killed in the conference. That's how big. Can you imagine how big that is for a class in the middle of a population of 1,300 people town uh, in Texas in that elementary school? They stopped class just to tell us about Superman. It's crazy. And it's just, it was just a marketing gimmick. It wasn't like it was this huge, going to change the course of human... Now, it did change the course of comics uh, because then it allowed superheroes just to die at random and always come back. Uh, because guess what? You can't really kill off Superman and be a successful company. That's your, that's your bread and butter. Your company is based off of Superman. He's the one that carried it. Um, maybe not do, doing so hot in sales all the time, but he has... Superman is a perennial favorite. He'll have... Uh, he'll have waves of, of success. He'll have some years where he's doing really good, like the you know uh, the rebirth. Superman sells saw the increase. He got back up in the top ten. Sometimes he fades. There's always going to be a core group of Superman collectors, a core group of Superman people. And you, when you see videos of people from across the world and in their hometowns, you can pretty much rest assured you're always going to see somebody wearing a Superman shirt. Just, uh, just a cool character. Um, Hollywood has struggled with making his, his uh, films relevant as of late, but this is because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. I could make a Superman. you know what you do with Superman to make him relevant is focus on the character. Don't don't get don't get way down in all this what does it mean to be Superman or you know even just fighting a, a powerful villain It's not what it is. Superman is he's us. But he's us if all of our wishes came true. He can do anything. But he grew up the same way we did. So it's, it's fascinating. So I think if you remember in Man of Steel in the um, Brandon Ruth uh, Superman Returns, the critics both in both movies enjoyed the flashbacks of Superman's youth because that's something that's never been explored before. That's never been explored. What was it like, well, except for Smallville. But in Smallville, he was a teenager. I'm talking about like when Superman was a kid. When he's how does a how does a first grader, who can lift a car over his head, how does he get through, you know, life? How does this kid make it? Uh, fascinating stuff to think about. And um, you know, you could do a whole movie based off of Clark Kent going to school and what that was like. Anyways, uh, maybe you don't do a whole movie, but you at least focus on it. Uh, and basically, you let the character relate back to us that he grew up in a small town. And he had to deal with bullying and he had to show restraint. He knew that he had a gift, but he couldn't show it to anybody because his parents, you know, were like, hey, it's not what they're there for. They're not to show off, uh, which I didn't like. Uh, that was one of the problems in Man of Steel. Uh, you know, the Kents were not only like, don't show off your powers, but uh, even if somebody is in danger, don't show off your powers because you doing that is going to put yourself in danger, which is ridiculous. The government, even if they had shown up, Superman could have broken out easily, and there's nothing they could have done to stop him. Um, But he didn't know that. So anyways, um, oh boy, I really got off track there with with that Superman analogy. I don't even remember what I was talking about. I'm going to listen to this, and I'll be like, what the heck, where was I going with all this? Oh, Death of Superman, yeah. So the comic book, in the middle of the comic book uh, you actually see Shazam it's my f- and I think he's on the cover too and I just remember it's like this cool character he's, he's all red he's got a lightning bolt and um, you know at first I thought is this like Superman's friend is this a, another Kryptonian that I don't know about and I think his only line in the issue is holy moly uh, because you know Shazam's a kid but I just remember he just had a cool look and then I can remember seeing him again in a coloring book that my mom had seen at the grocery store at the HEB. And there was a coloring book, it was a Batman coloring book, and it was based off the animated series, but it also had the Justice League. So I had the 90s animated series Batman, but it also had Green Lantern, Superman, Shazam, and The Flash were all in the coloring book. I can't remember if Wonder Woman, I think she was in there. Um, But I know for sure those were. And I just remember it was so cool seeing this guy, you know, was flying just like superman and he had a cape but he was red and you know had the lightning bolt and so that um you know, just lit up my imagination and then um in the late 90s when i was you know a teenager in high school uh internet came around and so i would look i would go to marvel's website marvel comics and i would look at see you know what was going on with the characters and it was kind of cool they They had this deal where if you uh, printed it off and you sent in a money order, they would send you comic books. You could subscribe and they would mail them directly to your house. I don't know if they still mail them to your house anymore. I don't think they do. But you would would subscribe. So what would happen is is that it would come in and it was cool, it came in, it had its own own plastic. It also had its own board, a backing board. So in the world of comic books, when you're actually a collector, you, you store them in a plastic bag and you put a board in there to keep them so they don't fold or they don't bend. The board keeps them upright. And then you put that board in a drawer, or it's usually a cardboard box, and you put that cardboard box somewhere where it's out of the sun. And it stays there until you get ready to sell them and make money on them. And if you don't ever sell them or make money, they just sit there for all time until you die and then somebody else sells them and makes money off them. It's kind of a ridiculous thing because there's actually stories in there that are very intriguing. Uh, but they become these these uh, possessions and, uh, anyways, I sold all mine off, so I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Um, so I started ordering my own comic books, and I was interested in the what I I read in Wizard magazine. Was it Wizard? This is probably an article online where this guy was talking about. You know, I always got the team-up comic books because I could see uh, more than one character but so i got what if the what if comics because the what if comics always had the new character it was always a new character you could explore so i signed up for the what if subscription and i signed up for silver surfer because that was my favorite superhero uh, for marvel at the time was silver surfer and i still like him he's up there in my top list. just the problem is you know his live action movie didn't do that well and he hasn't gotten a lot of buzz and Disney doesn't have the rights anymore, so until we see Silver Surfer actually done by Marvel Studios, he's just not going to be that popular of a character. It's not like Wolverine or Deadpool, who they've been able to stand the tide against Disney's Marvel. They're, they're Fox's Marvel, and they're very able to stand up. Silver Surfer just hasn't been able to do it yet. And I think it's just because he hasn't, you know, in that movie, Galactus was lame. It was just a cloud. If you actually had a giant walking across the city, you could say, yeah, that's kind of silly. But Godzilla is a giant that marks across the city, and a lot of people like that. Um, so, why not just fully embrace the uh, characters like they did with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? That has giants, and so does Doctor Strange. So, do the same thing. Anyways, so I probably got about four or five issues, and so it's a year long subscription, so you're, you're guaranteed 12 issues. Well, like I said, probably got about four or five, and both series were canceled. Silver Surfer was canceled, and What If is canceled. And I don't think What If has came back. I think they've had a couple of one-shots, but that was the final run. Silver Surfer, I think, it's come back, but it, the line doesn't last very long, and it dies, it comes back. Anyways, They so Marvel had to fill in my subscription, because I'd already sent them the money. It was a money order. This was back when you didn't buy stuff online. I didn't have a credit card anyway, so I put not buy it on um, And sent in a money order through the mail. And then... Um Yeah, so they replaced it with uh, what they thought I would like, which was the Fantastic Four and the Avengers. And actually, both are really good comic books. I can't remember the artworks for the Fantastic Four one. I I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll I'll have to look it up. I can remember the Avengers was George Perez. Um, It's spelled Perez, but he's pronounced as Perez. Um, And he just did a freaking phenomenal job. I mean he made Thor look cool, Captain America look cool, Iron Man look cool. I mean he had the whole team, he had Black Panther. I mean just badass Avengers. And there was this uh so this he was basically there was a storyline called Heroes Reborn. So they had said that the uh you know, taking a age from Superman's book that all the heroes were gone. And instead they were reborn into this new universe. Well, all that went away. But there was this panel where it was showing Captain America and he was kneeling down in front of his shield and it was like a gravestone and it was for all the Avengers. It's like Thor's hammer and Iron Man's helmet, Hawkeye's bow. And it was like, what the hell happened? How did the Avengers get taken out? How did the whole team of these powerful characters? So anyways, um, good stuff, good storylines, lots of crazy, just fun, just a fun storyline. Not really, again, it wasn't Shakespeare. It wasn't dramatic. It's just a fun Story easy to read. Um, so that lasted until you know my, my senior year, and then you know, money eh, had some financial stuff going on, money wasn't readily available, uh, kind of fell off. And but I got to where I was driving around, so I would then my mom got a mail in for like magazines to you could have delivered, like free magazines that you just check off, you send it in. They ship them to your house. If you like them, you subscribe to them. Um, and I checked Wizard Magazine. So Wizard is, was a comic book magazine that basically talked about everything superhero comic book related. And it would give you insight into comic books. So reading Wizard, just that's where I got the foundation of most of my superhero, like my adult knowledge, was from Wizard Magazine. Like, it, They would go through all the best storylines. They would tell you what you need to read. And so they would say things like, you know, *The Dark Knight Returns*; it's a must-read. Um, *The Watchmen*; a must-read. Um, you know, *Kingdom Come* with the DC heroes; a must-read. Uh, *Death of Superman*; you know, *Death* of *Death in the Family* when Robin got killed. You know, all these must-reads that you had to just, you know, you, they were essential. And so I would go to there was there was a store that's kind of like a, an equivalent of Think Geek. It was called On Cue. It got bought out by a store called Sam Goody. And I think it got bought out by something, I want to say Pacific Coast. Anyways, they're all gone now. They're, they're all gone. It's, it's over. Um, nobody goes there anymore. But I remember they sold graphic novels. So graphic novels is like a run of comic books in one single little book. And they call it a graphic novel. So it's like 12 issues in one or 24 or something like that. And so I would go rent. I would go get uh, The Dark Knight Returns. And then I got this one called The Long Halloween, uh, which was amazing. Just amazing Batman stuff. And I got it because Wizard Magazine recommended it. And just mind-blowing stuff. Kingdom Come. And Shazam plays a big part in Kingdom Come, so that was badass. And then, um, you know, time's going on. You get the Spider-Man movie. Comes out. Really loved it. First movie. It was one of the movies that I went and saw a couple of times because it was just so amazing that they finally got Spider-Man. The X-Men came out, which at the time I thought it was badass. As I got older, I was kind of like, eh, it's Wolverine. It's not really the X-Men. But I digress. Great for its time. You had Blade, which I would come out and watch in the theater, and Blade was badass. Didn't really know much about him. Uh, Well, no, I did know because he showed up in the Spider-Man episode. So I knew who he was. Um, But still, it was just a good movie to see. And then... um, Blade, Spider-Man, the X-Men Now see, Batman had been making movies in the 90s But uh, they started sucking. Batman and Robin and Batman Forever were garbage So when X-Men and Spider-Man And Punisher and Blade And all those came along It was a very fresh uh, you know, Fresh take Very well welcomed To see the uh, new spin on things And then I was in college Started college and there was a uh, movie gallery. This was a place where you could go rent movies and video games. And the reason why I went to movie galleries because I owed blockbuster money. Uh, if you didn't return your movie in time, you got hit with a late fee. So I went movie gallery because I had no late fees. Well, when I would go in to get a movie, they had a little rack that had comic books. And there was this comic book out called Batman Hush. And it was... Uh, freaking one of the best comic book stories of all time one of the best Batman stories not because something crazy happened but because it's just really well written and well drawn um, and it's, it's groundbreaking I mean Jim Lee and Jeff Loeb at their peak um, amazing stuff Nightwing shows up, Superman shows up Just just a great wonderful run um, so I would go back, you know, cause that one, I was hooked. I mean, issue one, they got me. So I would go back, you know, periodically to check to see if they would get new issues in. And then I moved to the Dallas Fort Worth area. I moved up to Arlington to go to college up here. And there was well, pff, comic book stores for the first time in my life. I'm able to see these things. Uh, so then I started going, Oh no, I take that back. I went to a comic book store up here when I was planning on moving up here. I hadn't actually moved up here yet. We were planning on moving up here. We'd go to the comic book stores because that was the closest one. Looked on Google. Uh, this is Google Maps days. And that was the closest one we could go to. And uh, this girl I was dating, I think our brother moved up here as well. Anyways, we would go to the comic book store and I would get the issues of Batman there. And of course, now you're in a comic book store so you're opened up to everything. You can get all the issues. <laughs> so then it kind of ran away from me I would start getting Batman Hush and all the Batman stuff and then I started The Avengers again and then the slide came out called The Ultimate Avengers and in my first year of college when I was broke I could really only afford those three comic books Batman and The Avengers and The Ultimate Avengers um, but I think it was no I take that back I would just get Batman and The Avengers I didn't get The Ultimate Avengers I bought The Avengers graphic novel The Ultimate Avengers later when it was released um, because the Wizard said so. Anyways, so that started the craze of comic books. When I met Sarah and my finances became stable, I was buying. I was spending like forty dollars a month in comic books. That'll get you about ten of them. Ten comic books. I mean, I was getting everything. I was getting Avengers, Batman, Justice League. Um, you know, Shazam, Silver Surfer. You know, everything I liked. I was getting. You know, Civil War. Uh, stall of it all the above I was in the know with comic books I was in the know I was at ground zero knew everything and I can remember I was working at Best Buy at the time going to college and I had a buddy of mine and at this point in my life I was actually more Marvel I had more Marvel comic books I had you know the Avengers which they had the Ultimates and Captain America and I became like a huge Captain America junkie and Iron Man was looking cool again and Thor was looking badass again and so I was swinging towards Marvel. So I was talking to this guy at work, and he's like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm D.C. I was like, what do you mean you're D.C.? And he's like, That's, I like their book, their stories better. I wrote it to them. I was like, dude, have you read Avengers Disassembled and then Civil War and then uh, the Ultimates and how they're all, you know, you know how, how Civil War and Disassembled are all connected and House of M and all this great Marvel shit that was going on? And uh, he was like, no, I hadn't read them. So I let him borrow And then he was hooked, so in return, he let me borrow these key DC stories that I had missed growing up. Zero Hour, which actually I remember seeing an advertisement for Zero Hour in a comic book rack, strangely enough. Uh, I'd never actually read The Death of Superman. So he had that, Death of Superman, Zero Hour. He had The Watchman. All this DC history and lore that I had missed out on uh, was available to me. All the Green Lantern stuff when Green Lantern went rogue. The Green Arrow stuff where, you know, Green Arrow came back from the dead. I mean, just, you know, issue after issue. And, um, you know, then the Captain Marvel and Shazam stuff. I mean, just, just great. Just wonderful, magical stuff. And then Batman Begins drops. And that is a game changer. Batman's back. He's got a badass suit. He's got a badass by a car and he's out there fighting crime again and this ain't your mama's Batman this dude means business now Aaron complained about the movie saying that the voice was stupid the script wasn't that good the villains were weak and the action was too fast you couldn't really see what was going on which is true you couldn't really see they were moving fast still though it's like an epic movie loved all three of those movies um, so you get Batman and you get the Dark Knight And then Iron Man comes in. Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. Absolute perfect casting. And I knew that was perfect casting. We all said that was perfect casting because everybody knew Robert Downey Jr. had his own issues with substances. Um, And Iron Man's an alcoholic. So we were all thinking this is perfect. They nailed it. I mean, right out the bat, they got it right. He's rich, eccentric, he's charismatic. uh, But he's also an asshole when he drinks and... There you go, Robert Downey Jr. 218. Um, So that movie, Iron Man One, was just mind-blowingly good. I mean, just such a fun, well done. And I think the only reason it worked is because he's just a guy in a suit. I don't think it works if you do the magic and the technology. So you can invite everybody in to get the sci-fi element. You know, here's a man in a metal suit that looks fucking amazing looks badass and you can do amazing things in it but they also made it very charming and funny so everybody can everybody can enjoy it um, and then at the end of it which my dumb ass the first time I watched it I didn't stay through the end credits because at that point in my life the only movie that had end credits was He-Man with uh, Skeletor showed up so I stayed past the end credits or didn't stay and my friend he's like Shane did you stay past the end credits and I was like no nah, man I left he's like I'm not going to tell you the details Shane but you need to go watch that movie again and you need to stay through the end credits because there's something there that you have to see so I took my mom to go watch it again and I stayed and what the fuck Nick Fury Sam Jackson shows up why this was important to me is because in the ultimate comic books which is this comic book at the time that I really loved they drew Nick Fury to look like Sam Jackson just like him and lo and behold here he is in real life playing the character and he mentions the Avengers initiative after that off to the races man we are good to go Iron Man 2 drops um, which I I thought the movie was good a lot of people said nah uh, but that scene at the end with him and War Machine fucking badass to the max uh, then you get the Incredible Hulk which the shining moment for that movie was when uh, home dude takes the super soldier serum and he starts running at, hauling ass across the field and takes the fight to the halt and you're like that would be Captain America that Captain America could fill that role so that's kind of cool you got the super soldier all playing into it um, and then uh, the Dark Knight Rises hits another solid success movie no not the Dark Knight Rises uh, the, uh, the Dark Knight Rises before the event no Iron okay no Avengers hits Well, no, you get Captain America because you got Thor. Thor and Captain America. Also, all good movies. Just fun starts to the franchises. Um, And then uh, the Avengers. They all come together. Hulk, which is now a different actor because Ed Norton uh, didn't like the direction things were going. They got Mark Ruffalo in there. You got Thor. You got Captain America. You got Iron Man. You know, Black Widow and Hawkeye. And bam, you know, Avengers drops. Now, Avengers works best when you consider uh, the other movies before it. My dad sat there and watched Avengers and he didn't really get into it that much because um, he didn't know who all these people were. He hadn't seen the other movies. So if you had watched the standalone movies then the Avengers are really going to connect with you. And it did, man. The Avengers is just a wonderful movie. I mean, it's just, at some point I'm going to go back and watch it and say, man, they really just did a good job. It's a lot of fun. Um, But I've watched it like four or five, you know, I've probably watched it like ten times now. So, I mean, I've seen it enough. Um, and then you had The Dark Knight Rises, which was another solid fucking badass movie. I think I like The Dark Knight Rises a little bit more because it's just it's that much more epic. And they really tried to make that movie good. Like, they really put a lot of effort into it. Um, it's kind of silly. But, again, there's going to be an element to that, to superhero movies. Um, kind of ended the same way as Avengers, you have a character driving a nuclear weapon and it explodes and it ends up saving the day um, and they're both rich guys in suits with technology so anyways great movie uh, another thing about it was you know in the Nolanverse with Batman it's been nice to see Batman like in the prime, in his career actually fighting crime, not you see his birth, you see, him, you see you get one adventure And then you see his his finale, um, which makes sense literary wise, story wise, narrative wise. But as a fan, you're left wanting a little bit more. Okay. By the time Avengers hits, Marvel has the formula down. They know how to make a good movie. Avengers is the first superhero movie. No, I think Dark Knight was the first hero, but Avengers is the first Marvel superhero movie that clears a billion billion dollars box office. So they are off to the races. They know their formula works so then you get Iron Man 3 another billion dollar movie I particularly didn't like Iron Man 3 I didn't like what they did to the Mandarin uh, they said they initially show you a guy that looks like the Mandarin and he's got the rings and he's got you know he's a foreigner and you think it's going to be the Mandarin and then instead the Mandarin and like some kind of twist is the scientist dude from AIM I don't know whatever it sucked. just I didn't like it and, and Iron Man's barely even in the movie it's mostly Tony Stark doing stuff if you're not a fan of Iron Man and you like Tony Stark, you will love Iron Man 3 because it is a well-made movie. Even though he's doing detective work, which is that's Batman's world, but whatever. Um, Iron Man 3, another billion dollars, and you had Captain, you had Thor 2, um, and I may be getting these out of order, but Captain America's Winter Soldier comes out, another game changer, one that everybody loved. At that point, Captain America's stock started rising above Iron Man's, which is great for me because I like Captain America more. Uh, don't get me wrong, I love me some Shellhead, but, you know, the Super Soldier is where it's at. Anyways, uh, Winter Soldier comes out. Everybody loves it. Uh, you get, I can't remember when Ant-Man was in there in the grand scheme of things. And then you get uh, Avengers 2, Age of Ultron, another solid movie. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out, which blows everybody away because it's like a new Star Wars I have a problem. I have a couple of problems with Guardians of the Galaxy. How Aaron said he had problems with The Dark Knight. I have problems with Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't like the ending. When I grew up, Star-Lord was kind of like Space Captain America. In the movie, they changed him to make him kind of a goofy, light-hearted Han Solo. Um, and then you had the supporting cast, Drax, in the comic books. Drax was basically Space... Uh, I don't know what it would be the equivalent of. It's kind of like a serious Lobo, a serious Thor. I mean, he's a badass. He goes around and he kills everything. Uh, Drax the Conqueror, and he rips Thanos' heart out with his fist. Um, and to see him, is kind of comic relief in the movie. I mean, it's great, good movie, good movie. I'm not going to knock it. Um, but they just weren't the heroes that I remembered. So if I go into the movie with no knowledge of them, it works. But since I have knowledge of them, uh, you know, kind of hurts the franchise a little bit and then the dance off against Ronan Ronan the accuser that I knew the Ronan that I grew up with would have melted that bastard Ronan was cold hearted he did not give a shit if you got in his way he's taking you out he didn't care uh, even if he, if he was wrong he didn't care to see him say what are you doing instead of just raising his hammer and vaporizing Peter Quill uh, was quite disturbing to me and ruined the movie for me But lots of people loved it and were surprised by it. Um, So, again, we're off to the races. Uh, And then you get Civil War, which, you know, Spider-Man is introduced. And it's basically Captain America 3. And then you get Thor. You get Doctor Strange shows up. You get Thor Ragnarok. Then you get Black Panther, which all those are good movies. They're all great. Black Panther was another one that topped a billion. And I think it's the first ever superhero movie to be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscar Academy Awards. And it's well-deserved um, because it was a great movie. It was a lot of fun. Uh, they, I don't know how you do a more perfect Black Panther movie. I have heard some people saying that they didn't think it was good. Uh, not, not They didn't think it was bad, but they didn't think it was very original. I think that's about it. I don't think I've... Oh, well, they said it was a rip-off of The Lion King. And the problem is, is that this is sad but the lion king is the only real african story that we have and we all come from africa a huge chunk of our population is you know you know has african-american descent uh you know africa is a huge part of our world and for that we only have one mythology it's lion king there's a story about animals uh it's kind of sad so giving black panther the status of mythology so now we have an african king arthur uh, huge huge deal loved it loved every minute of it wonderful movie I'm surprised I don't own it yet um, I do plan to buy it eventually I will get it i uh, just been waiting for prices to kind of decrease but I do plan to get that movie um, and then you have of course Infinity War which is the best superhero movie of all time um, it's just, they, I can't believe they actually did Infinity War they actually did it the way it is in the comic books mind-blowing that Thanos actually won in the end. And they made a pretty good damn case for Thanos. Uh, I go around telling everybody that Thanos was the hero. He saved the universe. Um, he showed everybody a lesson. You, your ass is going to recycle now. Um, after this shit, I bet you do. Anyways, um, so yeah, you had the Infinity War, and that's pretty much where we're at with Marvel right now. Uh, Ant-Man and Wasp came out, also a good movie. Fun, just a fun adventure movie. But Infinity War, man, just fucking amazing so in the DC house the house of DC which remember at this point comic book wise I have switched away from the Marvel comics I've switched to DC comics because their stories were more enjoyable Uh, Marvel comics started sucking they couldn't keep the writers they couldn't keep good artists the team books sucked Uh, just didn't like it I think Spider-Man was their only focus and then Deadpool became their main cash cow and after that i i lost interest in marvel comics so dc comics all the way so when man of steel come out i thought okay so we've had the dark knight and then we had the iron man with nick fury and we had the avengers man of steel is going to launch the dc cinematic universe it would eventually become the dc expanded universe uh, which was never an official title but it just stuck. The DCEU. Because you had the MCU. So now you got the DCEU. And uh, Man of Steel comes out. And fucking they have Superman kill his villain at the end of it. Which. Shit, man. I mean, yes. Iron Man killed his guy at the end of his movie. You know. Red Skull. You think he's dead at the end of his. You know. Thor kills the Destroyer. But he doesn't really kill Loki. So. Yeah. I get what they when we talked about this in the other episode. It just it just really hurt. And Zack Snyder does this like blue screen thing and now he did great in Watchmen. I thought Watchmen was a fucking amazing kick ass movie. A lot of people say they didn't like it, but as a fan of the comic book and that literal translation from screen to film worked for me. I loved it. So I had a lot of confidence that zack snyder is going to do a comic book inspired superman movie uh he did not he did not do that um he borrowed some things uh but what Zack snyder was trying to accomplish was what if superman was real and what if superman had to face the reality that he has to pick and choose the lives that he saves because he can't possibly save everybody because he can't be two places at once which was a which was a a minor point in the original Superman movie that Lex Luthor had in his plot to uh, destroy California, or take over the real estate or whatever it was. He bought up a, a bunch of useless land and he's going to sink California into the ocean so he could buy that land. Superman goes and saves California, but at the same time, another nuke is launched in a different direction and Lois Lane is there. So Lois Lane gets killed. Uh, so what makes you wonder, if Lois Lane hadn't died, but Superman has tried to change time. So what Superman did was he went so fast around the Earth that he was able to go back in time. Somehow changed the rotation and some kind of weird field. He was able to go back in time in reverse. He was able to save Lois Lane and stop both nicks, which, you know, put a damper on Lex Luthor's plans. Uh, which was played by Gene Hackman, which was an amazing performance. Gene Hackman's one of the best actors of all time. Anyways, um Man of Steel, he kills Zod, so what the fuck? Um, We hear silence for a while. Movie makes money. Movie does well. Movie gets average reviews at best. uh, Average to negative. So fans are highly skeptical that Zack Snyder is going to have the same success that the Marvel uh, universe has had. Batman versus Superman comes out and I don't care what people fucking say on this podcast disagree with me all along. I love that movie seeing Batman and Superman meet for the first time in cinema and then Wonder Woman's there too it's fucking epic I mean and it's just it's not see the problem for me is that I have all this I come in with all this fucking knowledge I, I know that the Flash time travels I know he delivers messages uh, I know what the Batman looks like in the comic books. He, he wears black. He's got gray. Sometimes he wears blue and gray. And he doesn't have this, like, sophisticated body armor plating, you know, rubbery thing. It's, no, it's just like a costume. It's just a suit. It's, you know, and it's gray. And he's got black gloves and black boots. And so to see that on the screen next to a Superman who's got the red cape and the and the S and Wonder Woman who's got, you know, the blue and the gold and the red it's just, you know, visually it's just so great um, and the action sequences of that movie are amazing, now what kills me is Lex Luthor's plot and, you know they they picked a poor Lex Luthor they, Jesse Eisenberg would make a wonderful Riddler um, Lex Luthor, not so much uh, maybe, maybe, maybe now that there's a change of heart at the end of Justice League there's some hope for Lex Luthor but he's got a lot of ground to cover Anyways, anything where it was his plot line, eh, it was weak. It was weak sauce. There's one scene where Batman breaks into Luther's lab and it it happens off camera. Uh, You know, just a lot of mistakes were made. Uh, Doomsday, you bring him in, they reveal Doomsday. Didn't have enough spikes. Didn't look like Doomsday. Looked like baby Doomsday. Looked like the troll from uh, Lord of the Rings. Big gray monster. Um, You know, Whatever. I still love the movie. still think it's great. I'll, I'll watch it now and enjoy it. Um, so, DC Universe is struggling with their movies. Uh, you know, Man of Steel, mediocre. Batman vs. Superman, straight up negative reviews. I mean, just negative. Just hate. Vitriol. Which is sad because the movie started off so fucking amazing. Uh, that first five minute little intro sequence is some of the best shit that's been done in superhero movies and they just kind of Squandered it with some lousy detective work and uncharacteristic like traits of Batman. Anyways, uh, what comes after Batman v Superman? Is it Wonder Woman's up next? Uh, it's a success. It's a crowd. Pl- no, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad makes a lot of money, but again, the critics hate it because the storyline's too jumpy. They cut it, they were trying to do too much Guardians of the Galaxy shit. They jumped around with their origins and stuff, and they had too much pop music. A lot of pop music songs. Totally bloated, trying to rip off the Guardians of the Galaxy formula. didn't work. It's the Suicide Squad, which is a covert paramilitary organization, and they had them fighting these alien creatures, alien demonic creatures, whatever it was. Um, it's bad, very poor decision. Very, very poor decision. They should have had them taking out, like, one villain or Cabal or something like that or you know up against the Joker but not uh, not aliens that or demons or whatever they were very poor decision I still enjoyed the movie still thought it was good uh, I thought Deadshot and Harley Quinn especially stood out Captain Boomerang um, you know Katana was cool It's cool to see her in the movie and Batman's in there too so that's great it's good to see him again uh, and then you get Wonder Woman so Notice the DC movies aren't putting them out as fast as Disney. Uh, Warner Brothers is trying to be a, a director-driven studio so they're more selective with who they put out. Um, Wonder Woman comes out. It's a great movie. Great reviews. Makes a lot of money. So it seems like DC has learned their lesson. You know, bring some more light into the situation. Stick to the comic books. Draw your inspiration from them you know, embrace the fantasy elements of the universe and just jump right in there. Well, the problem was that Justice League started filming as soon as Batman vs Superman released. And the studios were extremely worried because of the negative reviews and the fact that the movie didn't quite bring in a billion, which they were hoping it would. I don't know if it brought in a billion or not. It may have. But anyways, it wasn't as successful as they thought it was going to be. They thought it was going to be this huge game changer. And it wasn't. So they got worried that Zack Snyder is probably not the man for the job. So, because I'm sure when he was starting Justice League, it was pretty much just a continuation of what happened at the end of Batman vs. Superman. We're just caring. Sorry, everybody. Got a little cut off there. Um, Anyways, my point was that uh, you know, Zack Snyder's gotten taken off. Joss Whedon comes in. Things don't to very well. Then you get Suicide Squad, which is also uh, a great movie. Um, but, it, again, critics pan it. So now studios are getting really worried. We've got two movies, and, they're you know, the critics aren't liking them. They would make more money if the critics liked them because word of mouth will carry the movie. If it's good, people already want to see it. So you're already going to get your initial business but you have to keep it going. So you have to have good word of mouth. Um, Wonder Woman, thankfully, finally had the good word of mouth. And uh, Wonder Woman was just a fucking amazing movie. Just really well done. Great, great homage to the character. They pretty much did exactly what you need to do. So they fully embraced the character. And you're great. Uh, then you get Justice League. And, you know, it doesn't do that. It's fun. It's a good movie. But, you know, it just... The, b- the best part of Justice League is that scene where Superman's fighting them all. So the the villain was weak. So the storyline, you know, and then they bring Superman back from the dead. And the way they did it was just kind of they dug his body up and threw him into the pool. They made Doomsday. I don't know. It would have been better if Superman had just been in a dormant state and his body was healing. And he comes back with facial hair. And so you don't have to do the CGI mustache thing. Anyways, um Lots of things they could have done differently there, and then uh, Aquaman came out uh, this you know a month or two ago, and that's just a really fucking great movie. It's I think DC if they follow the Aquaman formula, I think they're on to something because Aquaman was a lot of fun. Uh, the Character was perfect. I mean it, that's Aquaman, Black Mana, They fucking nailed. Uh, Ocean Master is in it. I mean it's just great. Queen Mera is amazing. Um, just a wonderful movie so I think and I'm really looking forward to Shazam I can't wait I've been waiting my whole life for people to finally know who the fuck Shazam is see I, I do cosplay at conventions and one of my first cos- my first cosplay was as you know Shazam at the time he was known as Captain Marvel but because Marvel has a Captain Marvel and they're making a Captain Marvel movie which is shitty they could have done Miss Marvel to be fair but whatever they want to be fucking assholes about it and put their their Captain Marvel movie out around the same time Shazam is that's fine but in any case, um, people always call me The Flash or Flash Gordon because it's red and there's a lightning bolt. It's like, no, motherfucker, it's Shazam. Anyways, can't wait for that movie to get here. And then, um, you know, the cartoons, the animations that come along. DC's always had great animated cartoon movies um, from the whole Justice League War, Throne of Atlantis, Justice League Teen Titans, uh, you know, Teen Titans. I mean, all Judas Contract. Bad Blood, Public Enemies, Apocalypse, The New Frontier—I mean, all, you know, Flashpoint—all of them, great movies. Uh, Gotham by Gaslight was great, and then now uh, Marvel has come out with a really good animated with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse It follows Miles Morales around. Uh, that movie's doing really good. So, just a crazy time for superhero stuff. Just lots of good things going on. Um, a good time to be a fan. Uh, I wish that people would. Get, give dc a little bit more slack because there is good stuff there you know it used to be the cool kids were always the marvel kids and that's fine but you know there's some good things about dc too it's like my friend said well all those years ago at best buy you know, you know there's some good things about dc you got to give them a chance you got to give everybody a playing field and don't just dismiss it because you didn't like one part or you didn't like it yeah, just think of the whole picture there's some good things going on there so uh anyways it's a win-win for us fans and uh i hope you get out there and i hope this helps you you know look into some things and understand where i'm coming from where my knowledge base is built on and uh just why i love these uh, characters so much so i appreciate everybody that listened and i know everybody's looking forward to getting the dynamic trio back together again and our triple threat and uh we will do that on a later episode but i hope you all have a good night and thank you for checking in and listening to big beefing